Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Welcome. Welcome to Tuesday the Checkup. It is good. It is so good to have you with us today. Oh boy, what a great weekend this last weekend was. Let me tell you, the recovered life, um, I just can't express to you the fullness of joy that I have to live out each and every day. You know, we started out Friday with Laura's birthday. She's uh, the love of my life. Uh, This is um, her 32nd birthday that we've been together, right? I'm not allowed to tell you her age. However, she is much younger than me, for which I make no apologies whatsoever. However, it is the 32nd year I've been able to celebrate her birthday with her, and I could not be more grateful. Then on Saturday, I had the privilege of officiating the wedding for Chaz and uh, Tess, two friends of ours in recovery, and uh, what a great ceremony uh, that was. And all I can tell you is Chaz loves Tess the way I love Laura, and Tess responds to Chaz the way Laura love and response to me. And if you know anything about Laura and me, you know they're off to a great startup together forever. Uh, Gosh, my friend Lisa C. from uh, The Sober Curator, and now there's The Sober uh, Pop going on on Instagram. Check out Lisa and the work that they're doing at The Sober Curator. You will be blessed all day long, and Sober Pop is brand new, excited to be a part of that. Had a great conversation with my friend Buddy C from transitionsdaily.org. Go check that out. If you're looking for some great podcasts, go to transitionsdaily.org forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to receive a free daily podcast email or topic email with the most popular AA resources, distributed daily, and it's really accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion, go to dailyemails.com for more information. And I'll make sure these are in the notes so you can see them. And don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends in meetings and, of course, sponsees uh, in recovery. Boy, I I apologize for all those announcements, but I wanted to get them out. I wanted to jump into the deep end of the pool. You know, we finished the 12 steps of recovery on our Tuesdays. Again, Fridays are still topical, and we'll see which direction Tuesday's going. And then we did a follow-up podcast where we put all the steps together called Stepping Into Recovery. And now we're going to go by the principles, principles to live by. With each step, there is a principle assigned to it. And when we speak of principles, 
we we speak of things that come first or are the highest in rank. And usually these are words associated with a high degree of importance and value. In most all cases, they're considered to be foremost in our life. Each of the 12 steps have principles assigned to them, as I previously stated, and we're going to walk through them. And I'm not going to give you a dictionary definition uh, that may have a tendency to be cold and disassociated. I'm going to give you what they mean to me, and let's see if it translates to you. One of the things I love about this, and if you've never been introduced to Stephen Covey, uh, Stephen has been uh, deceased for, for, for a few years now, had a terrible biking accident, and Stephen was brilliant. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Principle-Centered Leadership, and we'll discuss that today. First Things First, an inside-out approach to change and quality. Stephen just had a way of of framing things, uh, he taught me, was the first to introduce me to paradigms. I, I I didn't know what a mental map was until I listened to Stephen uh, back in 1993 with principle-centered leadership. And back in 1993, as most of you all know, I my sobriety date is April 25th of 1986. So in 1993, I was six and a half, seven years uh, into recovery when I was first introduced into that terminology. And a paradigm, again, is a mental map. It's a way of getting from one place to another in an incremental way. Like I mentioned uh, B.F. Skinner last week with this successive approximation, we can get to anywhere we want to be, providing we're willing to take certain steps, right? And in the big book, it said, at some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. But who, because who doesn't like the path of least resistance, right? If, if you would have told me there was another way to do this without experiencing the pain and the frustration and the challenges I went through on my road to recovery, which by the way, I'm still on. I still call my sponsor. I still practice steps 10, 11, and 12, which are, are culminate all the steps one through nine, right? So when I do steps 11 and 12, I'll never have to do another fourth step or another eighth step, providing I never relapse and one day at a time and contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual conditioning. I won't. I believe I have permanent recovery based on the relationship that I have with God as I understand God. And it's why I so vehemently practice uh, step 11, right? Uh, and I take my inventory throughout the day as an example. And we'll get actually get on to today's topic. Um Today is Monday. I'm recording this podcast the day before and get it off to Jonathan. And so there was a couple instances earlier today, and Laura and I had today off together, that I was short with her. I was preoccupied. I was somewhere else, and I didn't have the patience with her that I normally 
want to have, or she deserves, she certainly deserves to have a patient and kind and caring husband. And so she was out to dinner with her mom celebrating her birthday. And, and as I was doing a task uh, in the kitchen, uh, before I came downstairs, I was just sort of reflecting on my day. It was, it was 530 and I was reflecting on my day and I remembered those two instances. And I thought, you know, that's not right. That's not who I am. That's not who Laura expects me to be. And so I thought about it and I said, you know, these are two instances where I need to recognize that I need to apologize. That is step 10. Continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, right? And that's also step eight and step nine, right? So as you can see, as we're doing the program and working the steps, I'm so grateful for Slow Will. As many of you know, Slow Will, a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic, became my sponsor once Jack Fisher died. Jack was my sponsor for uh, 32 of my almost 35 years of personal recovery. Jack passed away two years ago from cancer with 44 years of personal recovery. I knew Will the entire time. Uh, Will allowed me to sleep on his convertible sofa uh, so I wouldn't have to be homeless after I came back from my relapse. And so Will taught me to clear away the wreckage of my past. He said, here's what you do, Bobby. He said, if you clear away the wreckage of your present, here's what we're talking about with step 10, right? It says, continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So he says, that is clearing away the wreckage of our present, right? Steps one through nine teach me how to clear away the wreckage of my past, right? Because now step 10, I'm clearing away the wreckage of my present, Step 11, I'm going in the present, clear of mind, clear of inventory. I've got a fresh slate. I've got a clean chalkboard. I can go into God through prayer and meditation, right, to improve that conscious contact with God as we understood him, and then praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Then, of course, in step 12, I go carry that message again, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So I go carry this message to alcoholics and to practice, right, these principles in all our affairs. So as you can see, when I'm doing, I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12. And those of you who've been around a minute, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Now, again, this doesn't mean that those who are of the mindset or the camp that says, I need to do another step four. Again, remember step 10 is a, is a, is a spot check. It's a periodic, it's a, it's a semi-annual and an annual housekeeping. So however you want to read that. So if you want to go back and do another step four and step five, hey, knock you out. If, if it means that you're happy, joyous, and free, right? And, and you insist on enjoying life and that's what you do to do that, then that's fantastic. As long as we are practicing the principles, practice these principles in all our affairs. And as we practice the steps, we want to align a principle along with them. So here we go. Number one, the first step may be the most difficult. And as Pete the Greek would say to me, 
when I was a newcomer, and again, I consider myself a newcomer within the first year. I know a lot of times with 30 days, 60 days, <laughs> trust me when I tell you, some of the Facebook groups I'm in and people with 30 and 60 days, trust me when I tell you, and I mean this in love, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, okay? And I and I really do mean that in love, and it came out a little bit harsh, um, but you don't know anything. All you need to know is you can't drink. That's all you need to know for right now. Listen to other people. And there's so many of us in podcasts, so many of us like Buddy C and and Corey and, and Shane and so many other people out there who have been around a minute, the Way Out podcast. There's so many of us out there, Sober AF podcast, right? I mean, there's so many of us out there who have been around a minute. Listen to what we tell you. And if you're speaking, it usually means you're not listening. And as my dear sales mentor would say, Tom Hopkins, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. I'm supposed to listen twice as much as I speak, probably even more than that. Because if I'm speaking, I'm teaching or sharing, I'm not listening and learning. And trust me when I tell you, going on 35 years of personal recovery, believe me when I tell you, I realize how much I don't know. And I still want to be this sponge with an insatiable appetite. And my middle name is still more, right? And I want to learn more and I want to become well and all those things. So acceptance and at last, acceptance is the answer to all my problems. I have to admit, I have to accept in step one. Step two is of hope. When I'm at my despair, do you ever, do you ever get despair? And if you look at through the steps of grieving, you'll find a real similarity there. Or you look at Maslow's hierarchy right? Where we get to self, um, uh, self, self-actualization, right? Where we have a sense of clarity. Uh, it all comes through the message of hope. I love what um, uh, the gentleman's name escapes me now. I'll think of it when it doesn't matter. If there's, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present, right? And step two, where we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. There's hope in that. And we're just coming from a step where we had to realize we were powerless. So having a sense of hope that could generate power is what can sustain me to keep me going, right? And so acceptance and hope. The next one, the next principle that we need to live by is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We need to have faith. We have to have faith in something that is out there that is going to pull us. And I don't care whether you are addicted to a substance or a behavior or none of the above, right? Just because you don't have something real identifiable or that you can mention or that you have even admitted yet doesn't mean that you don't need faith. The more 
we want to believe, the more we want to stretch, we, the more we want to dream, the more we want to enlarge our coast, the more faith we are going to have to have. Now understand from a biblical perspective, all we need is the faith of a mustard seed, but we need to grow. Our faith needs to grow as we see evidence of God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Step four or principle four, as we enter into the personal mentoring, we need courage. I, I love The Wizard of Oz. If you've, if you've never seen the movie Wizard of Oz through the lens of recovery, I want you to watch the story of Dorothy as she encounters even Gwendola and the Wicked Witch, right? And, and the wizard. And, and Auntie M and the mean neighbor who turns out to be the witch in the movie and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Lion. Look at all these personalities, even the flying monkeys that terrorize them. Watch that movie from the lens of recovery. It will mind blow you. Don't forget to watch the end of the movie and listen to the last line that Dorothy says. It will blow you away. And if you can find that, my friend, you can find permanent recovery. So courage. What did the lion want? He wanted courage. Here's the cool thing. And I'll give away some of the movie if you don't remember it or have never seen it. He gets to the wizard. And the wizard recognized, the Wizard of Oz recognized that he always had courage. What he didn't have was a medal. Isn't that crazy? He always had it. Courage. I love the serenity prayer, don't you? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, we're only as sick as our secrets. And step four is the beginning of uncovering those secrets. And it takes a lot of courage. But as we've turned our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him in step three, releasing faith, we now have the courage because faith and there's hope, which means there's power. And if I have power, I can be very courageous. Do you see how this is working? Don't you just love principles? They're foundational for you and me in our personal recovery. Next one is honesty. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step five is so important. Honesty. Honesty open-mindedness and willingness. That is the how. One of my internships when I was going for my degree in alcohol and drug studies back in the early 90s uh, was at Howe House. It was St. John of God Healthcare Services up in Victorville, California. And it, at the time, it was Sober Recovery for Men. And it was run by the brothers of the St. John of God uh, group uh, of priests and, and, and brothers and deacons and alike. And what a fabulous group of men I had the privilege of, of working with and learning from and 
compassion and love and care and tolerance for others, an experience I will never, never forget. Anyway, it was the how house. Again, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. People say, how do you do that? I'm honest, I'm open-minded, and I'm willing to take the steps that I would otherwise be afraid to take. And number six there leads us into willingness. Willingness is so important. Willingness, it says that willingness is a key that when inserted, the door opens even of itself. Isn't that crazy? When we insert the key of willingness, you know, can't is is the opposite of willing. And you know what can't means? Can't means won't. Now, if someone says, I can't fly, therefore, if I jump off this cliff, I'll die, or, or I can't stick my, you know, I've got a fireplace upstairs, I've got a fire going, and and, and I can't put my hand in that fireplace or it'll get burned. I, I mean, I get that. There, there are certain natural laws, but those are the exception, not the rules, right? I can't, I can't drive fast down the freeway all the time and not expect to, and expect to not get a ticket. I can't do that. That wouldn't be reasonable. But what I'm saying is most things in our life, next time you find yourself saying, I can't, think about, are you saying I can't or are you saying I won't? Steps one, two, and three. I can't. I'm powerless. He can. Came to believe that a power greater than myself. Step three. I think I'll let him. Where I'm willing to turn my will and my life under the care of God as I understood him. Right? So, so I can't. He can. And I think I'll let him. Remember that willingness is the key to unlock a door. Please be willing. By this time in step six, you should be anxious to be willing because usually by step six, we've begun to feel a degree of freedom and honesty and openness and camaraderie. Usually by this time, we've been sober at least a few months and some employers and significant others and children or family or friends, some of them are beginning to come around. When we look in the mirror in the morning, we don't see a person destined for defeat. We see a person who's already starting to taste some victory. Says you will be amazed before you are halfway through. You are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness, right? Be willing. The next one, with respect to step seven and the seventh principle is humility. What I want you to do also, by the way, is go look up these words, see what they mean to you, see how they relate to you on a personal recovery level, and how can you apply them in your daily affairs to be more effective in your personal recovery, how you work with others and how others receive you along the way. Humility is so important to set myself lower not because I am less, but because God is greater. Does that make sense? Before my higher power, right? Higher indicates that something is lower. And it doesn't mean I'm less as a person, because God forbid our pride and our ego would be struck, right? 
matter of fact, that's the first thing that needs to go. When it talks about the seven deadly sins in the 12 and 12, it says that it is no surprise that pride heads the list. You know what ego means? E-G-O. I heard this said before and it's so relevant. Ego, E-G-O, edging God out, saying, I know better. So why would you have a higher power that is not higher than you, right? And I need to come into my understanding or get to the end of my self-sufficiency so God can do for me what I could not do for myself. And I need to be humble and exhibit humility before that power greater than myself. And whatever your higher power is, exhibit some humility even before people. You know, when I, I mentioned earlier, I apologized to Laura. I was humbling myself before my wife, saying, I'm sorry. I know I ought to treat you better. And I didn't treat you with the kindness that you deserve, nor I want to give with you. Please forgive me. I'm humbling myself. Let's walk in humility and you will be amazed. Maybe you're not. Maybe you've already experienced this. And you can tell a story or two about how humility has enlightened and, in, and increased and elevated your personal life. But we have to have humility. Number eight is responsibility. I love this. This is so important when it comes to step eight. I am responsible in my recovery. I'm responsible for what I did to others. And, you know, we might want to say, well, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. So what I did to him here or what I did to him there, they had it coming, whatever. That's pride. I need to take responsibility for everything that I did wrong, regardless of what I attribute to someone else. I need to be responsible. I love how Stephen Covey talks about to be responsible is to be responsible. I am now able to respond in a way that demonstrates humility based on willingness that is grounded in honesty, that took courage, that was inspired by faith, that was ignited by hope, that was brought about by me accepting my disease. See how that even works backwards? not only forward, and I'm not even a rocket scientist. I'm just a simple guy who aligned himself with the simple program that only demands rigorous honesty. You know, I remember years ago, I heard that the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or Recovery or whatever 12-step group you're in, and maybe you've heard it in the rooms before where they've said it's a simple program for complicated people. Have you ever heard that? I'd heard it. It's a simple program for complicated people. I guarantee you that was a person with an ego who said that. But here's what they told me. The program of recovery is a simple program for simple people who love to complicate things. <laughs> that, my friend, is the truth. A simple program for simple people who love to complicate things. You ask me what time it is, and I just might tell you how to build a watch. <laughs> that is so true. I need to now be responsible. I have a responsibility, not only to you as someone who I have harmed, 
along the way, but I have a responsibility to others who I will meet in my recovery. I have a responsibility to me to become as well as I can be, and dare I say, weller than the well. I have a responsibility to the power that's greater than me that I've entrusted with my personal recovery and every step and everything of my life to do this. Take responsibility. When I get to step 10, right, I'm taking responsibility for my day. I'm taking responsibility in step one. I'm taking responsibility in step four. I'm taking responsibility in step six, seven, eight, ten, and full responsibility when I get to step 12, because now I got to go carry this message. Do you understand what I'm saying? I cannot emphasize responsibility enough to you. Step nine, as we admitted to those we had harmed, made direct amends to such people we had harmed. You know, we need to bathe this in love. Love, in this case, will be a verb. We need to act in love. We not only need to say, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry I did this to you. I hurt you so badly. And I want you to know. So we say it as a noun. But hopefully we're living a life reflective of that noun. And that is a verb. You know, Laura knows that I love her. My children, Kathleen knows that I love her. My, my grandson, Austin, knows that I love him. Not because I say, Kathleen, I love you or any of my other children or grandchildren. It's because of how I treat them. So we need to not only share that in step nine, but let love lead the way. And love is never selfish, but always kind. Step 10, as we move through these, is discipline daily. I need to be a disciple of the 12 steps of recovery. I need to be a disciple leading others along the way in example. And as I continue to take personal inventory through a daily discipline, and trust me when I tell you, I do this daily. I would not miss an oil change. I would not stop to rotate my tires. Everything that I do, I maintain my yard with watering. I mow. I maintain my body with regular bathing. I am disciplined. I'm disciplined in my eating habits to keep my weight. I'm disciplined in my, in my workouts at the gym. I'm disciplined in my relationships. Be disciplined in the steps. That way, if I get off track somewhere, I can talk to Will, my sponsor, or one of my close friends that I'm accountable to in my, in my recovery guy uh, accountability group. And I can say, this is where maybe I haven't been as disciplined as often. The next thing is be aware and grow, right? 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Daily I go to God. Daily I ask for wonderful things. I want to be aware of what's going on and what God's mission for me, what God's vision for me could be, and I want to grow in spiritual matters. Why? because I want to be maximum effectiveness to others. And the only way to do that is to grow in awareness and grow in my spiritual and personal growth that I'm rocketed into another dimension, which is the spiritual realm, because that's where I get my insight. That's where I get my sensitivity. That's where I get my guidance, my direction, my wisdom. I don't just come up for these things. God gives them to me through his personal revolution, revelation, through my prayer and my meditation. It says, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. It says, this is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understood him. That's what we do in step 11 with the principles of awareness and growth. Finally, in step 12, service. Service, service, service. You know, I did a, actually a podcast on it based on what my sponsor Jack told me after my relapse. You know, after I came back from my relapse and my sponsor Max was there and then Max moved and I met Jack through divine intervention because I prayed, I said, God, you have to show me who my sponsor is going to be because I can't pick him. I don't trust me anymore, God. I'm done trusting me. I need to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. So I prayed and said, God, do you just do this for me, please? Nobody understands how important finding a sponsor is and who that sponsor needs to be than you. So you have to show me. And it was miraculous. I was in the turning point and I turned the corner and a man that I knew, knew quite well because he was the manager of that Alano club. His name was Jack Fisher and turned the corner. And I looked at Jack and I said, Jack, God told me to tell you that you're my sponsor. Just like that. And Jack said, well, Bob, I love Jack's voice. Well, Bob, who am I to argue with God? <laughs> what a great day that was. Oh, we had some great times over the years. And the wisdom that he gave me and lives in me as he passed the mantle to me. And I saw him in his hospital room two days before he would die. And you know what he said to me? And I'll go back and tell you the story. He said to me, I said, Jack, what do I tell him? What do I say? Because again, at this point, I knew that would be the last time I saw Jack. I had to leave Las Vegas and drive back to Salt Lake and continue my life. And he said, Bob, in his cancer struggling voice, he said, Bob, tell him it works. That was it. I said, okay, Jack. I kissed him on the cheek. So I will tell you 
as Jack told me. You can't argue with this man because he had 44 years of personal recovery. He walked out of the Nevada State Penitentiary and had 44 years of personal recovery. So who am I to argue? Who you'd argue? Bottom line is it works. But I asked Jack after I relapsed and I was back a few months and I was afraid. I was at that point where the steps were getting serious. I really had to do them. Otherwise, I would relapse. The fellowship was only fellowship. It made my feel good feel good. But what was going to change me from the inside out, what I would later learn would be the exchange theory of recovery, which I, which I work on with my coaching clients, my exchange theory of recovery. I asked Jack, I said, Jack, what's the key, right? I'm always looking for wisdom with Jack. And he came back with brilliant simplicity. And I said, Jack, what's, what's the key? He said, Bob, come to think of it. I've never known a person who was involved in service relapse. So Bob, I guess my answer would be service. And that is the principle for step 12. Step 12's principle is service. We have unity, service, and recovery. If you look at the triangle, honesty, open-minded, and willingness, or unity, service, and recovery. Service is the key. I guarantee you, if you stay involved with service, and not just service to others, but service to God and service to yourself and your own recovery, I guarantee you, you will have permanent recovery. I guarantee you, you have to stay there now. You can't fall out of service. You can't fall out of doing your 10, 11, and 12. You can't stop doing an inventory. You can't stop going to God and you can't stop working with others and practicing your spiritual, have, practicing your spiritual experience, right? Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all affairs. So if you're doing your inventory, you're going to God and you're practicing these principles in all your affairs and you're going and helping others, you will not relapse. It's been proven time and time again. I knew far too many people who have been sober much longer than me. Richard Head the other day gave me a call, April 2nd. He's got like almost three weeks, three and a half weeks more than me, just celebrated 35 years of recovery. I look at Scott Shields. I look at Buddy. I look at Eddie. I look at Steve. So many people out there. Texas Mike died sober. Doc Irv, sober. Abe, sober. Texas, um, again, Texas Mike, Russian Tad, sober. Until they died. Pete the Greek, 50 years sober coming up on. It's it's so doable. Goosebump Jerry. 40, 50 years sobriety. Unbelievable stories of recovery. You know what? They stayed in service. That's the key ingredient. That is the common denominator of every... You know, Buddy, Buddy C. When I met Buddy, he was the chairman or the chairperson for the late lunch bunch at the um, uh, turning point back in 1986. He was there before me, right? But he's got over 40 years, 41 years sobriety. My sponsor, Slow Will, 
41 years of personal recovery. I guarantee you where Slow Will is tonight, he's at a meeting working with newcomers because that's what he does. Whether it was keeping me from being homeless or working with the newcomer today, 41 years. Buddy, I tell you where he was today in Las Vegas. He was at an Alano club in North Las Vegas off of Decatur Boulevard. Guess what he was doing? He was cheering the late lunch bunch meeting. And Buddy's been at this 43, 44 years now. When I met him, he was chairing a meeting, serving others. And to this day, he's doing the same thing. So that is the common ingredient. The common denominator is service. So we have acceptance. We have hope. We have faith. We have courage. We have honesty, willingness, humility, responsibility, love, discipline, awareness, and growth. And service are the 12 principles that are the foundation for the 12 steps of recovery. I hope you get involved. I hope you go to recoveryguy.org. I hope you support this ministry through Patreon. I hope and pray that you understand that sharing these podcasts through your favorite podcast channel or following me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy or Twitter, recoveryguy1986. I hope I bring you hope. In all that we do, we want to be a message of encouragement, of power. Go see my friends, the Sober Curator. Check out Lisa, what they're doing on Sober Pop. Go to transitionsdaily.org forward slash podcast. Become involved in the sober community. Go check out my buddy, Sober AF. Go see Jay Shetty on purpose. Get involved, get well, serve others. And I hope to see you as we trudge this road to happy destiny. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.